coming to you live from the RVN television studios. Today I've got a guest who's going to help us to uh, figure out how to rethink our approach to enterprise-wide problems. And I'm pleased to welcome Hans Norden, who is the author of this book, The Root Cause. Hans, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Uh, good morning and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, before we get started into the, the deeper parts of the conversation, Hans, I want to set the stage by having you share your background with the audience, if you don't mind. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Well, I started my career at ING at the head office in, uh, in Amsterdam. And the interesting thing is that I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I worked in uh, asset management. And all the time I found myself behind the scenes. And so I realized that I have an interest for the process rather than doing the business uh, itself. And, um, you know, from asset management, I went to, to private banking and eventually I ended up in project management and, uh, and consulting. And that's really where I found my, my niche and um, enjoyed the, um, uh, doing the work which eventually uh, ended up in the, the root cause. Yeah, good segue there. So tell us a little bit about the root cause. Uh, what inspired you to write it and what will we learn by reading it? <laughs> well, the short answer to why I wrote the book is basically because a friend of mine, uh, you know, we had a friendly discussion and she said, you know what, Hans, why didn't you write a book? And I never thought of uh, writing anything. And it gave me some pause. And I realized that I was thinking differently. I was trained back in the Netherlands by Cap uh, Gemini in uh, information analysis. And I realized that um, in, in the United States, we were not really doing a lot on uh, change management and, uh, and, and root cause analysis. It was always about solutions and best practices. And I thought, you know what, let's, let's tie them together. And uh, that's basically what I have done in the book the book is not so much an, uh, a better mousetrap. It's not about faster or better or more efficient or what can you do, but it's more about thinking differently because, you know, that's where we find all the answers. Yeah, and what's fascinating to me about this book is it, it's not just a roadmap for decision-making in a traditional linear fashion. You talk about things like ego and, and meditation and we'll call it the softer side of business. Why don't you comment on that? Yeah, that, that's the interesting thing, because the way we are trained is uh, in reductionism. You know, that goes back to, um, uh, you know, so many, so many years where we take the whole and we break it up in small segments and then we analyze it to death. And someone I mention a lot in the book is uh, Colonel John Boyd from the United States Air Force. And he was saying, you know, we're learning more and more about less and less until we know everything about nothing. And so when you try to understand the bigger whole of an organization and you look through the lens of one particular area that might be finance or it might be IT or it might be logistics or marketing, you, you never understand the, um, you know, what the organization is doing. And so you need to, to make a jump. You need to, to get on, an, on another, another plane in order to understand that. And to change our mind, you know, to overcome resistance to change, that is something where you really have to let go of your ego. And, and that is something that was so wonderfully uh, described by Joseph Campbell in his book, uh, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. 
And so that's where you really get into who you are, what your values are, and, and really trying to, to help the organization. And, you know, it starts with the, uh, the leader, um, you know, changing, changing how, you, how you think. You know, when you talk about cause and effect, the way we think is the cause and the results that we uh, obtain is, uh, is the effect. Yeah, I, I want to unpack that just a little bit deeper, if you don't mind. Continue on that same thread and maybe share an example, if you would, of a, a CEO's transformation where you, you've gotten inside their head, you've shifted their mindset into putting the ego aside, as you said. What, what have you seen as a result from that? Um, well, one example that I experienced was one of my, my favorite uh, projects where I came in and the organization had difficulties producing their profit and loss statements uh, month on month. And three people already went before me and everyone agreed, said, yes, we have a gigantic problem. Oh, by the way, you know, um, nobody made any mistakes. And so what you see happening is that most people say, well, you know, someone must be fibbing, you know, because that is not possible. You know, if you have a problem, then, you know, someone is, is messing up, someone is fibbing about what is going on. And so I went in with an open mind and, and figured out what was, what was going on. Um, but the difficulty was, was convincing the, the people that were in charge that it is possible that you have a gigantic problem and no one made any mistakes and everyone was just doing their job. And that is because the problem is inside the organization. It's the way things are organized, the way things are, are directed. And so people really have to, um, to take charge. And it was really interesting to see how those things came together just by using, using tools, mapping the process. People were able to, to visualize what was going on and that made, made them change and, uh, and open up to the possibility that, uh, you know what, perhaps it is us. You know, it's not the people that are doing the, the work on the, on the shop floor, but it's the way we organize work. Yeah, and when you think about enterprise-wide problems, um, I would think that there's probably a lot of overlap across companies globally and experiencing similar challenges and opportunities as they're trying to tackle these various issues. From your experience, Hans, what are the ones that are getting it wrong, doing wrong? What's the root cause that you've experienced with working with those companies? Well, the, it, it's not so much that you can say, well, this is the root cause and, and every organization has the same thing because every organization is, uh, is different. You have different people, you have different uh, cultures, they have an, uh, a different uh, lifespan. But the thing is that the way, the way you look at an organization, if you make your decisions all based on uh, economic principles, you know, you just calculate ROI or uh, net present value, and that's your basis for making decisions. Yeah, you know, you're going to end up with problems with your, your employees, and that's what we see all the time. One of the main problems that I hear and read about all the time is uh, that people are disengaged, right? They say, well, my employees are disengaged. Uh, they perceive their job just as a paycheck. Uh, they're looking out for number one. But yeah, you know, if you if you don't value your employees, if you don't give them the um, the opportunity to to grow and to express themselves, you're going to run into problems. So you need to make that that jump from only looking at economic principles, oh, also 
uh, incorporating uh, humanitarian principles. And then you get to, to, to moral ideas. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you're a daddy to good shoes, but it's the idea that what people believe informs how they can think. And if their thinking is in line with their, their own being, then it shows up in the way they, uh, they perform. And uh, the opposite is also true. If you are telling people, you know, my employees are my biggest assets and you treat them like a liability, then all of a sudden people say, you know what? Have it, have it your way. You know, I'll, I'll just do, do whatever. I get my, I get my paycheck. You, you see what I mean? So oh, you, yeah. you need to incorporate more principles. You, you may not be aware of this, but you're preaching to the choir on that one, my friend. I've written a couple of books on that topic and the impact of leadership and engagement and how it impacts the business valuation uh, because, it, because it is all connected. Uh, and when you get the workforce more engaged, you get more productivity, more profitability. But I want you to connect a couple more dots for us here because this is fascinating because the book, when you look at it on its surface, your, your expectation is it's going to be a lot of kind of design thinking and processes and procedures. But again, you're, you're touching on a lot of the humanistic aspects. So talk a little bit about the marriage of the engaged employee and the processes that you're implementing. And where does that go wrong if you've got good processes, but the people aren't necessarily engaged? Well, I think if you have good processes, then most likely people people are engaged. At least that's my uh, my experience. Interesting. Um, I think where it really goes off the rails is what you see nowadays that people are so focused on uh, on leadership. I mean, it, it's it's incredible you have leadership on on anything, um, but if your processes are not properly uh, set up and do not allow people to uh, to use their creativity, their use their ingenuity. Then it doesn't matter how how you leadership it, you know how you pat them on the on the back. You know, it was it was a great example that was given by um, by Eckhoff, uh, Russell Eckhoff, wonderful uh, systems uh, thinker. And he was called into an organization to, to look into some of the problems. And he went to the shop floor because where, where else can you, can you find what's going on and talking to the people that actually do the, do the work. And so, you know, he was talking to, uh, to, to the foreman and, and quickly he found out that the foreman actually knew what the problem was and he actually knew what the solution was. And so Ekhoff asked him and said, well, did you, did you tell management? And he said, no. And well, why, why didn't you do that? Well, management knows everything. You know, they never come here. And so let them figure it out. Hmm. You see, so you have a great organization and it just breaks down you know, on, the, on the management level because that's, that's ego, you know. Uh, I've seen it on so many levels where people just don't want to go to the shop floor and talk to the people that actually do the job. <laughs> but that's where you find out, that's where you get your understanding what business is all about. Yeah, for sure. Hans, for uh, the audience uh, watching and listening, if they want to learn more about you or where they can get the book, what's the best way to do those things? Well, obviously, you can go to uh, Amazon or you can go to, uh, to Barnes & Noble or you can go to my own site, rootcausethebook.com. Um, also, it's in, um, in bookstores available all over the world. 
and I believe that shortly it will be available uh, at uh, on libraries. Uh, McGraw Hill, the publisher, is doing really a great job. Very That's pleased awesome. with them. That's great. Hans, we're going to have to take a quick break here. You sit tight, and you watching and listening at home, don't go anywhere. We will be right back on Behind the Numbers after this quick break. What makes a Wawa Club? Is it the crispy bacon on the turkey BLT? The endless layers of flavor of the buffalo chicken salad? Or is it a secret handshake? Nah. At Wawa, there's a club for everyone. Find yours today. We ride for those who died. The Police Unity Tour and RVN Television is bringing to you a show called On Your Honor, Straight Talk. And I'm your host, Patrick Monturi. I am a retired police chief from Florham Park, New Jersey, and I am also retired from the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial in Washington, D.C. I am currently, for the last 27 years, the CEO and founder of the Police Unity Tour. And this show will bring to you straight talk about law enforcement, the actions and heroism that is provided to you, the citizens of the United States, as well as their actions in falling in the line of duty as we could see some of the stories that surround that. Again, please watch us on RVN Television and be safe, take care. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. And welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking with the author of this book, Hans Norden, the author of The Root Cause. Hans, welcome back to Behind the Numbers for the second segment you, here. I uh, want to continue on the lines of um, where we were in the first segment, but I want to take it to the top, if you will. When we think about making these organizational changes, first instinct is it starts at the top, and your book kicks off with CEO effectiveness. Talk a little bit about the role of the CEO in deciphering this root cause. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, when you take a look at the book, you can see it has a certain structure. And part two is about business mechanics. And it's kind of explaining, helping people understand how, how a business uh, works. But I, I realized that just telling people, you know, just do it my way is not really going to work. You know, they need to have an incentive. So I started looking at why would an, an executive want to learn about business mechanics? And I was looking for executives because from experience, I know that if an executive is not on board, nothing changes. You know, you need executive sponsorship for change. They need to, to provide the, the resources and they need to delegate authority to someone that can actually implement the, uh, the changes. And... Um, and then you can see there is a bridge, which I call the, um, uh, it's basically, it is an, a CEO adventure. And that is where you have to choose, you know, you want to do something for the business rather than propping up your, uh, your own career. Um, and so I, I realized there are a lot of people that are only interested in uh, getting their stock options and getting, getting more salary. And so the book is not for them. It's really for people that want to make want to make a difference. 
Um, I have peace with that. Um, I'm not trying to to convince anyone. Um, but I, I can promise that if you want to do something, if you really want to, to develop the capability and the capacity of the organization, you're going to have a lot of fun. And it's really uh, inspiring. Uh, you know, you get the, the people behind you. Because every time when I go to the shop floor, I realize people are very clever. They're very motivated. And they just want to do a good job. So give them an opportunity. Yeah, it's interesting when you say that the book isn't for the folks who are motivated by, call it, executive compensation. Um, but you, it, the stock options and, and equity and so forth are available both in public and private companies. But as you said that, I was wondering, are the pressures of quarterly earnings meeting those hurdles either for public investors or for private equity investors necessarily uh, a detraction from implementing the, the type of thinking that you talk about? I think so, yes. And it, it is amazing when you go to, to networking events or, or conferences, they always talk about growth. And, and that is just a given. But I think there is kind of an um, antagonistic relationship between growth and development. And, you know, in order to have a business, first you need to develop it. You know, you need you need to increase its capability and uh, and capacity to to deliver on your on your promises, and only then can you start thinking about uh, about growth. And I, I think right now with the pandemic, we can see that a lot of organizations that were so focused on uh, on growth, on uh, expanding, on taking over other businesses to going into foreign markets, and now all of a sudden they realize, you know what. Um, we can't hack it. Yeah, Hans, at, at its core, this book really is about um, a call for a different way of thinking. Are, are there any, we'll call them actionable pieces of advice that you may be able to share with the audience right now to help them in thinking differently? Yeah, <laughs> I always find it, find it fascinating that people say, you know, we've had this problem for uh, for 10 years now and can you, can you fix it for me? Uh, in the next hour for less than a thousand dollars without having me to do anything. Well, <laughs> that's, that's not how it works. Uh, first, first we need to learn more about the organization. And, and actually, when you go to the, uh, to the first part of the book, uh, the exact CEO effectiveness, you can kind of see that because when we, when we go through college and university, you, know, you might have your major in, uh, in finance or in, uh, in marketing. And every time you get promoted to a higher level, and eventually when you get promoted to the, to the executive level, that means that you have to go out of your silo, right? It's because within your silo, you have a limited responsibility because you have a limited authority to make changes to the organization. But the higher you get into the organization, eventually your responsibility becomes ultimate because your authority to make changes becomes ultimate. And so you just need to, to read and, and not just about business books. If you take a look in, uh, in the root cause, you will find that I, I take my uh, information. Well, we already spoke about Joseph Campbell. So that's the power of myth. Um, I've learned a lot from uh, from the Wright brothers, the way they were thinking, why they succeeded, where all their contemporaries uh, failed. Um, you know, the, the military, John Boyd, an incredible thinker. Um, 
you know, this is not just about military, but he unpacked things. He said, you know, war is conflict, right? And so what we are talking about when you have a systemic problem, you're talking about conflict, you know, different different ways of looking at things. And so the more, um, the wider your orientation, the better you understand what's going on. Yeah, and, and look, in your book, you're asking leaders to do some deep work here and really look within and become introspective about how they view the world and then how they take that out into the world. Yeah, exactly. And and it becomes fun, you know, because all of a sudden you say, ah, I get it. Now I understand what's going on. And 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 I I remember in the beginning of my career, I was running up to, to something where I just couldn't couldn't take the next step. There was a person, you know, I I just couldn't um, couldn't get through to her. And then finally, I realized that well, it was with me, right? It was something in my personal life, the way I projected onto onto her. And once I realized it, you know, I was able to uh, to get through to her. Um, sometimes you 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 can see personal relationships between people in an organization that um, that are just blocking blocking progress and so it's another aspect it is not just business it is not just economics you know it's on the personal level and you know you, you need to be open for that yeah and unfortunately we're down to the short strokes here time has flown by hans we've got just a couple of minutes to go here so i'm going to put you on the clock and say in two minutes or less uh, i want to sneak in one final question and a number of guests uh, talk about empathy as a strategic leadership skill uh, empathy, compassion, I talk about it in my books. Uh, why don't you weigh in on that topic? I know you talk a little bit about it in yours. Yeah. Well, empathy is also a function of understanding what's going on, understanding what, what people go through, understanding what the, what, um, uh, the bottlenecks are, what, what people are facing in their day-to-day -day life. Um, and, and right now, you know, my mind is going to, uh, to human error. Uh, human area is a wonderful area to uh, to investigate, and you can see that the, an improper or unfortunate design of um, uh, of, a, of a system or the tools that you're working with immediately impact the way people people do their do their job. So, if you understand the problems that people are facing, and nowadays you talk about workplace uh, safety, um, you, you know there's so, there's so many aspects of of people and people are the the ones that are doing the job so if you empathize with what they are going through you get you get a better a better business thank you and it might it might even might even be healthcare you know because if you don't have healthcare and you and you're worrying about what's going on with your family at home you know your mind is at home and not on the on the the job that you're doing well said. Hans, unfortunately, we are out of time, but I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Behind the Numbers. Well, thank you so much, David. I really enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure. We've been talking with Hans Norden, who is the author of this book, The Root Cause. As he mentioned, you can find that on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere else you get your books. Be sure to check it out. Uh, I want to say thank you to the folks in the production room here for producing the show, as they always do. Top-notch work back there, gang. I also want to thank you, the audience. We can't do the show without you. Please hit that subscribe button. Stay in touch with all that we're up to. And also remember that I'm the one that my clients turn to when they want to know what their most important assets are worth. So please feel free to reach out to me if you want to have a conversation about valuation. You can find me on LinkedIn. 
And that's all we have for today, gang. We'll see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Take care.